Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way. When you need certainty and the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, folks, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Reminding you, tomorrow it's an NFL on CBS Doubleheader. Beginning with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson leading their rushing attack into Indy to take on the Colts. Then in Game 2, one of the classic NFL rivalries is renewed. When the Steelers clash with the Cowboys, it all begins with JB and the guys on the NFL today. At noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, Sunday, the NFL is on CBS. In this read that Hickey sent to me, Pirno, yeah. there's hyphens between NFL and CBS. Like, I work for CBS... I talk sports on CBS. I would hope I know that NFL together is the NFL during a read. He's not the one that I would writes. hope that CBS I, – I don't care. I'm just going to throw him under the bus. I don't care. I would hope that I would put CBS together and go, oh, CBS, and I go – He's not the one that writes the copy. Cool. Do we want to name names? We can't get on no, Hickey. Don't name we can't get on Hickey for many, many, many things in his life, but this one, I'll defend him. According to um, Mike Zimmerman, one of our former fellows here at CBS Sports Radio, Hickey has like 57 different favorite teams. What's his problem here? That I am not aware of. Like I, have, can, I do not know anything about that. Is he a bandwagon fan? Not that I'm is aware that of. Is, but I know he loves his okay. Mets. I know he's a Colts fan. I know he does have multiple uh, college football teams, but that's the only sport I'm aware of where he has multiple teams. That he has a rooting interest for. By the way, are you a Mets or a Yankees fan? Oh, Mets fan. I hate the Yankees. Okay, you have to be pleased with what happened yesterday, right? Of course, Steve Cohen, baby, the richest man in all baseball now. Oh, but but all but also the house clearing. Like, oh, of please, course, yeah. Get Brody out of there. Oh. oh my God! What does that guy have? Any bit? I, I does he have baseball in his background? What was his deal? The Mets were Isn't just he like a family friend or something. He was an agent, and that's what they the, did. The Mets, they, were, they, the so Mets were just to trying to do. The, they were just trying to do something different. But it's right now. Now we're we're in good hands. Now, bright days ahead for the Hick- New York Mets. Let's go. Hickey just texted me. Keep, Hickey just texted me. Keep talking bleep. I will bleep you up. Well, thank you very much, Hickey. We'll talk about that coming up at noon Eastern. I got to tell you, I, I'm happy for you guys because, in the words of Clemenza, it, it gets rid of the bad blood. You needed to do that. New owners got you. Got to get rid of everybody. He settled all family <laughs> business yesterday. Yep, 
Thank you very much. If you're, buy, if you're buying a failing organization, and the, no, make no mistake, the Mets are a failing organization at this time. If you're buying a failing organization, yeah, get rid of everybody. What they were doing didn't work. Don't hold over anybody. Like, if you bought a really successful franchise, like if you bought the the Patriots, and they were very successful at the time, as they are, they're 2-5. and five. They're still successful. And you just fire Bill Belichick, I'd go, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't think that's a great idea. But if the Mets are the Mets and the Mets have been the Mets, yeah, you're you're the, the he's now the richest owner in in baseball. Yes, he is. Yeah, you gotta get rid of all those guys. It's, it's just ugh, it's a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Like leave the ushers and and the and the little people around. And I'm sure that their social media team's pretty good. They always got the uh, LFG Mets thing, and and they always talk about Keith Hernandez's cats. That's always fun. Um. So go ahead and leave those people around. But, yeah, anybody has to do with baseball, get them out of there. Get them out of there. Goodbye. You're Pierno, fired. Good yes. Pierno? Yeah. It is no longer October. It's no. November now. We. Can't, it's no longer spooky season. Nope. So you can't do a top five that's spooky. No, What's we, the won't, top five we won't today, do buddy? that. Well, since you were live tweeting Rudy last night, um, we're going to do top five favorite sports movies. I'm not sure if you've done this list on your Twitter, but we have not done it on the CBS Sports oh, Radio sure. Airwave. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm sure I have. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. I, it's hard to pick five, man. I could find the top five worst sports movies I've, I've ever seen, which, boy, that would get a lot of people upset. I think we, a lot of we, you uh, upset. we will definitely be doing that one shortly. We'll save that one for another upcoming week. You, uh, you, uh. You want to know two movies that would make that top five? Yeah, give it to me. I hate, I hate the Blind Side. I hate the Blind Side. Well, and you I hate, hate the Blind the Side. Oh, that's strong. Yes, you I hate do. The Blind Side. And I also hate, I hate Remember the Titans. Okay, that's right. I said it. But there's nothing there. You didn't have anything to say. Those are some unpopular opinions. Oh, okay. I thought you would. I thought you would say, "Oh, how could you say that?" And we'd go into a big thing. You're just like, "Oh, okay, whatever, fine." All right. Well, help here, no. So the top five is the best top five sports movies. Your favorite for us. sports movies. Favorite sports movies. Okay, okay. Top five sports movies. Okay. Top five favorite sports movies. Rudy's still probably going to be in there. I, I don't know. I'll do my Rudy breakdown a little bit later on with Hickey. Do we want to do a Rudy breakdown now? We'll do it a little bit later on with Hickey. Got to let Hickey have some fun too, especially since he's mad at me for throwing him under the bus. Yeah, he's a bit. You know, he's a big Notre Dame fan. That's right. He has Notre Dame sheets, and he's a twenty-six-year-old man with a girlfriend. He's a Penn State and Notre Dame fan. Which is weird. That, to me, is weird. I don't think he can do that. Well, he said he grew up when he was young. When he was little, he was a Notre Dame fan. And then, of course, he went to Penn State. So I was a big Ohio State fan, and I went to freaking Akron. And I'm well within my rights to still be an Ohio State fan. And I went, eh, you know what? Ohio State didn't put no money in my pocket. Akron did. Akron gave me a future. Ohio State didn't give me anything. What has Ohio State given me in my life? Nothing. Akron gave me a ton. I gave them a ton. I paid them a lot of money, but I but Ohio, Ohio State has done nothing for me. They wouldn't even send me back a letter when we were in college or we were in a computer class. We had to send letters to off to colleges to you know, start the college process. Right, Pierno? This is like tenth grade, not even. Yeah, uh, might have been a sophomore in high school to really get the college process going. You had to send away for um, information to the school. So I sent one to Akron, and I sent one to Kent State, 
and I sent one to Ohio State. The only one I cared about coming back was Ohio State. That's the only one I wanted. I got something back from Kent State that was pretty nice. I got something back from Akron that was really nice because, you know, Akron, at that, I still think they probably will take anybody. But still, um, I got something back from both of them that was nice. I got zero back from Ohio State. And my computer teacher goes, well, Ken, just send another thing. Send another thing, got nothing back. So you didn't well, even get a no thank you. Oh, no. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't even oh, get wow. a go bleep yourself. I didn't even get that. Wow. I didn't even get recognized. I didn't even get, yeah, we got your first. And I said, she made me send three. Mrs. Dietz made me send a third one. I got nothing back. Like, they could have sent some go, hey, we got your first two, man. You're kind of too stupid. We're not taking you. Like, that would even have been, at least you recognize me yeah. as, a, as a human. And you're annoyed by me and you could say something. Ohio State didn't even send anything back. That is what sowed the seeds of discontent with myself at Ohio State. Totally understand. Yes. And I'll tell you right now, if, if I'm going to find – because now I just – I look at college football and there's plenty of programs that I really strongly enjoy. There's coaches that I really strongly enjoy, guys who are really good interviews, uh, guys that are really I- I- impressive, people who are really unimpressive. I have a lot of fun just looking at it and surveying it and saying why I don't like Ohio State in certain aspects, why I do like Ohio State in certain aspects, and I can just – prognosticate on everything and say what I think is going to happen with all these programs. It is actually, it's made me better, I think, Pierno, talking college football because there's nothing in the back going, oh, God, I hope Ohio State can do this and that. Because I used to be a psycho Ohio State fan, Pierno, and now it's all gone. It's all gone. It's all out of my system. It's been that way for a long time. I don't blame you. I would feel the same way. Yep. Like if my sons, if one of my sons got to attend school at Ohio State, it might change a little bit, but eh, probably not. They'd have to play, and they got my genes, and no one's, no nobody with the last name Carmen, is playing for Ohio State. This ain't <laughs> happening. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So Pierno's got it. We'll get to that very shortly. Coming up at uh eleven twenty a.m. Eastern. I beg your pardon. Eight twenty a.m. Pacific. I think Jim Harbaugh. Speaking of college football. We just had Matt Michelle on, and I talked to him about this. I think Jim Harbaugh's coaching career is kind of like his quarterback career. You're, you're, you're a well-known guy, big prospect, and Jim Harbaugh's quarterback career was not bad whatsoever. Jim Harbaugh had a pretty successful career as a quarterback, but he got figured out, and there was only so much that you were going to really be able to do with Jim Harbaugh. But he played in some big games, played in the playoffs, did some nice things. There's there's some positives about Jim Harbaugh, some real strong positives about Jim Harbaugh as an NFL quarterback. And I look at him as a coach and I go, there are a lot. He's coached in some big games. Other coaches have kind of figured him out. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to win a national championship. I don't think you're going to go to a national championship with Jim Harbaugh. But there are some really nice things that have happened with Jim Harbaugh. It is the same thing as when he played quarterback. The same thing now as a coach. And last week, and rightfully so, so many fans. I told you, I listened. What was the guy's name? I think it was Dan Leach. I've never heard a man so angry in my life. I was loving every single second of it. I got no dog in the fight. I do kind of like Mel Tucker. He's from the area that I'm from. Uh, one of my coworkers knows him very, very well. So that's one of the programs that, yeah, I kind of backwards pull for because I want to see Mel Tucker do well. Sorry, Colorado, I know. But I, I, I pull for Mel Tucker. 
And I was as surprised as anybody when they lost to Michigan State last week. And I tune in to 97-1 up there, and I'm hearing vitriol. I'm hearing anger, and I've listened to Michigan post-games in the past just to hear what the fan base is saying. Because I've been pretty upset with with Jim Harbaugh, too, and it, it, it makes me dust off an old argument that I've, I've said for Jim Harbaugh many times before. I have felt him to be just what they needed at Michigan, but I also feel he's overrated. I don't think that he's some savior. I think that he's a guy that gets them back to where they needed to be. Where they are at is still a very competitive program that still should beat the brakes off a lot of programs out there, but is susceptible to getting squashed out by Wisconsin like they did a couple of years ago, losing to Ohio State, possibilities of losing to Penn State or rolling Penn State up like they've done a couple of times, and yes, losing to little brother in the state. They're an uneven team, but they're still a successful team. And they didn't even have that with Brady Hoke. I know, he, I know he went to a Sugar Bowl and he won a Sugar Bowl. Arnett, they really didn't have that with Brady Hoke, and they surely didn't even come close to it with Rich Rodriguez. I've gotten very upset with Jim Harbaugh because the Big Ten is taken more seriously with Michigan at the top, and it's been a long time since Michigan's been near the top. It's been very long now. And I've preached this because I'm in Ohio and I've preached this to Ohio State fans. You want Michigan to be good. When you beat Michigan, it's supposed to mean more. It's supposed to be the best rivalry in major college football toe-to-toe against each other. And it hasn't been that way. You're losing that many games in a row. You're giving up, what, 62 and 56 or 52 or whatever it was over the last couple of years against Ohio State. You're giving that up? That means you roll over and you die. Chase Winovich can send all the tweets that he wants. He can talk all the trash on social media that he wants. You rolled over and died two years ago on the road. And then last year did it as well. And it's one thing to do it against Urban Meyer. It's a totally different thing to do it against Ryan Day. And that's my problem that's been with Urban or with Jim Harbaugh over the last couple of years. You were brought to Michigan to save Michigan, to take them to the next level, but you were really paid $7 million a year to beat Urban Meyer. You never beat Urban Meyer. And now you're getting $7 million a year to beat Ryan Day, and you can't even beat Ryan Day. It is a night and day difference where people took it seriously, and I watched that rivalry, and I was a part of that rivalry as a fan when I was a kid. I hated Tim Biakabatuka, and I hated Charles Woodson, and my dear God, did I hate John Navarre. Dearly did I hate that bastard. God, I couldn't stand him when I was a kid. I mean, I'm saying stuff as a fan back in the day. And those guys cared about the rivalry. They loved rolling up Ohio State. They loved beating the brakes off of them. They loved when Ohio State would think with John Cooper that they were going to have a really good season. And here comes Michigan again. Here they come again. With the exception of, what, two times in 13 years? And now one team that plays at an up-teen level that is now a stopping point where it's harder to get guys to buy in because you're recruiting them from all over the country. They make them buy in, and they care about that rivalry, where Michigan doesn't. They treat it as another game on the schedule. That's Jim Harbaugh's fault. And for the first time, I heard real vitriol from the fans. I mean, there have been some fans who've been upset after losses. Don't get me wrong. But real, we got to get this guy out of here, anger. Real, go in the words of wrestling, go home heat to Jim Harbaugh. I think the only way you get rid of Jim Harbaugh 
The Jets get the number one pick. The Jets get Trevor Lawrence. Jim Harbaugh bitches and moans every day of the year about how he's waiting for his quarterback, whether it be Shea Patterson or Joe Morgan or Shoelace or God knows who else they could possibly find. He's always complaining about his quarterback. Well, there you go. You got Trevor Lawrence. Now go to the New York Jets. You're an NFL football coach. Every single year we're complaining about how you don't have a quarterback. Every single year I watch Ohio State take a guy who's from their system and turn him into a good quarterback. Hell, they had their backup quarterback go down to LSU and win a national championship and become the number one overall pick. What have you done? If the game's going to leave you behind in college football, go up to the pros where that, that excuse actually is plausible. There's guys, they don't have quarterbacks, they don't have a chance in hell. There's good coaches who don't have quarterbacks. They, they don't have a chance in hell. You can use that excuse. I don't know how great you're going to be, but you're going to have a better chance than what you have at Michigan. And he's done a good job. Nine and a half wins per season is a good time. But it's it's angered me over these past five to ten years where, and I've made the jokes before and I, I, I've made the, the, the comments before. When you're on Judge Judy with your father, when you're playing shirtless catch, when you're taking the kids over to Europe, when you're having sleepovers at recruits and you're winning and you actually beat Ohio State, it's colorful. It's interesting. When you're losing like that to Ohio State and you roll over and die and you can't even beat Urban Meyer and then you can't even beat Ryan Day and then you can't even beat Little Brother who's in a total rebuild, it's just creepy and weird. The pleats and the pants and the milk and all the other fuddy-duddy stuff. It was fun before. It's starting to get a little irritating now. You can win those games, and you can drink all the milk you want, but if you don't, people look at you like, you're not all there. You're not a grown man. So the only way, because if you're Michigan, you're stuck. I, I, I'm afraid to go back to Rich Rod. I'm afraid to go back to Hoke. It's a mistake that they made when they, they pushed Lloyd Carr out of there. Michigan fans will disagree, but it's a mistake what they made when they, they pushed him out of there. When you're averaging nine and a half games, nine and a half wins per year, I know you want to do better. I can't guarantee you that you will do better. I don't know who the answer is. Whether it's Fleck or Campbell or one of the other ones that are out there, I don't know. I have no idea, and I'm actually worried for you because you've tried it a million times over. From what it seems, what it feels like, even though it's only been a few so I don't know where you go after this, but I know if you do want him out, you can't get rid of him because you can't go back to Rich Rod. And he still averages a lot of wins, and he still does a lot of securing for the program. But if you really want him out of there, you better hope that the Johnson brothers come to call or that Arthur Blank has something for him or somebody else can get something for him. 855 cbs Pete in Erie, Pennsylvania. He's been on hold a long time. He's got the floor. He's next up on the or he's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Pete. Pete. And Pete's gone. And just like that, we're gonna go to break. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, the top five in just over 20 minutes, Evan Silva. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Check in the tweets. Do I mention the, do I mention the fake uh, account? Will he get mad if I mention the, the Mraz parody account? No, I don't think he cares. Okay, Mraz is 100 pounds. It's Saturday chore today. 
And we're here we go again. You, Tony, and me. Hashtag bros. It's a picture of Mraz's gut. Does Mraz have a tattoo? I didn't know Mraz had a tattoo. He has a hideous Giants tattoo. He has a what? He has a New York Giants logo on his arm. Oh, my God. Talk about tacky. Oh, my God. As much as I love my sports teams, I would never, ever get one of their logos put on my body. When I was, see, when I was, I worked at a pizza shop when I was a kid. And I swear to God, my one buddy goes, hey, what are you going to get a Browns tattoo? And I go, do I look like trash, dude? Do you think I'd get a Browns tattoo? on? I was maybe 15. Would you think I'd get a Browns tattoo? And the one delivery girl goes, I have a Steelers tattoo on my lower back. And I went, I'm sure it looks good on you, though. Trash. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Joe in Oregon, he's next up on CBS Sports Radio. I can't believe Mraz has a Giants tattoo. Hello, Joe. Hey, Ken, I once joked that if the Mariners won the World Series, I'd get a World Series Mariners tattoo, and that would probably be it. So, yeah, but now people uh-huh. start to get – yeah, but, Joe, people are starting to get tattoos before their teams win championships and World Series and so on and so forth because one, one guy did it before and it actually worked out for him. And now you have all these people have, like, these Super Bowl whatever tattoos and their teams aren't winning them. I love seeing the Lions tattoos for when the Lions win the Super Bowl. I think you could just put a Lions tattoo there and then get the rest of it filled in after they win the Super Bowl. I imagine – I say this to everybody. I imagine there's a good chance your favorite team will – your favorite professional team will win a championship in your lifetime. Baseball's a little hard to, to tell you, but I think the NFL, okay, your favorite football team should win a championship in your lifetime in the NFL. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, totally fine. So, Jim Harbaugh to the Jets does make sense, but I think going to the Falcons could be better for him. Okay. I personally, as a Dolphins fan, I would say that Stephen M. Ross would be willing to pay any buyout or anything like that if Jim Harbaugh is not coaching against him in, in the division. Just a theory. Um, but whoa. Where does whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, this is, a great, this is a great theory, first off. This is a fantastic theory. So Steve Ross, where the, the Ross School of Business is named after him at the University of Michigan, who owns the Dolphins. You're saying, Joe, that he would pay Jim Harbaugh to go away as long as it wouldn't be in the AFC East. I would, I mean, just if there's a buyout, if they have to fire him, I'm saying that Ross might pay that buyout because he's worth billions. So he's not coaching against the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. If you're Stephen M. Ross right now, you have Brian Flores. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be afraid of Jim Harbaugh at all. I love, now I love Brian Flores. I'm a Flores fanboy, but I wouldn't be afraid of Jim Harbaugh whatsoever if I were, if I were Steve Ross. Okay. Would you? And then, not really. I think that even if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence with uh, Josh Allen, depending on which Josh Allen shows up, uh, we'll see what we have from Tua and see what New England does. But the AFC East in the coming years is going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. That's just what I think. Um, the AFC, well, Yeah, well, I, I like Josh Allen too. I'm sorry, there's a bit of a distraction going on right now. 
I like Josh Allen, too. I think he's come back down to earth a little bit here over the last couple of weeks, but I still think that's to be expected. He's got great talent, and I thought that when they drafted him, I thought he was going to be about a three-, four-year project. So I didn't think that that was going to be that tremendous of a deal. And, Joe, I, I got to let you go, and I thank you very much for the call. Um, I didn't think that was going to be that tremendous of a deal just because he kind of goes up and down, those type of things. Uh, with the other teams of the division, I'll speak about them here in a minute. Uh, Pirno was making a joke about it during the break, and it's actually here. According to NBC, CNN, I believe, has CBS called this yet? Has CBS announced this yet, Pirno? I'm just watching CNN, and I've seen NBC News called it. All right. According to CNN, as well as NBC, uh, they do project that Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. So breaking by NBC News, as well as other media outlets, we will we will gather those as soon as we possibly can. Uh, Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States, and he is CBS too. CBS, CBS has it, yeah. CBS, CBS has now confirmed it as well, that Joe Biden will, it will be president-elect and will be taking over in January, becoming the 46th president of the United States, barring everything that, that – legally is allowed to go on by the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. So these are perfectly well things that he can go through. He's more within his right to do so. So we'll leave it there. And for all the latest news, turn to your local news outlets, turn to your national news outlets, and watch it all there. But according to the breaking news here today, uh, Joe Biden is the president-elect of the United States and will become the 46th president of the United States. More to come on that as it breaks. Coming up in a little bit later on, we're going to reach out to a couple of guests. Evan Silva stiffed us, so we do the top five coming up next. Worker shoot at 1220. And does this really mean Brady wins? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to get to the top five here very shortly. Uh, Joe in, Joe in Oregon. Ken, I got bumped for the presidential announcement. That's pretty cool. Point I didn't get to, though. Do you think Michigan may try to make a run at Brent Venables? <laughs> yeah, but Joe's going to get that final point in. Come hell or high water. He says, I know he's never been a head coach before, but I've heard teams could take a shot at him. That's possible. If I were Michigan, I would want if, – if Jim Harbaugh were to go – if I were Michigan, I would want a guy with previous head coaching experience. Plus, maybe it's just me, and I, I always overanalyze this stuff because I'm not that bright. I just find the whole thing with Brent Venables having to be held back off the field, I find to be childish. Like, Bill Belichick on Sundays looks like he'd rather be anywhere else. That team plays their asses off for Bill Belichick. He looks miserable on the sidelines. It looks like he doesn't even want to be there. He looks like me when I used to work at the stone plant back in the day. And he gets players to play for him. Like, why do you really need somebody to grab you by the belt? Are you that much of an overgrown child? You can't stay on the sidelines, Brent, really? Is that really what it is? Or are you just a really good recruiter? And it might be a bit of an act. I think it's a little overdone. Actually, I think it's a lot overdone. I, I think it's really silly. If you're a coach and you have to have other people hold you back – I don't know if I really want you to be a coach of a major college football program. The players, when you have a get-back coach who tells the players to get back and he does that the entire game, they're players. That's what players do. 
They want to be out on the field. It's natural the players are going to gravitate towards the field. It's it's the natural playing place. You want to be close. You want to be in on the action. For the coaches, you're supposed to be the adult. I don't need to hold you back. You're you're the adult there. I just feel weird about it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Am I buying too much into that? Real quick. Is that Pierno? Is that too much? I'm sorry. I just got off the phone with someone that was very angry, so I really wasn't paying too much attention oh, to what you were saying. Oh, wonderful. Okay, that's absolutely wonderful. Well, we'll talk about that during the break. Somebody uh, wasn't Pier- too happy with your announcement. <laughs> you said just before that everything was fine with the announcement. I said, Dude, and what did I tell you? In, in this world that we live in, somebody would find some issue. <laughs> I thought I was down the line when I said what I said. Was I not? I had Dude, to, you, yes, a- I, you absolutely were. Just somebody that's not happy with the outcome. And- oh, Judas Priest. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? When they announce it in four years, I'll do it the same exact way then, and I'll do it in another four years after that. I said, barring the outcome of what's to come. Barring the outcome. It's going to take a, still a while to cast the votes or to, to count all the votes. They're projected by CBS and NBC and CNN, and now I believe Fox, that Joe Biden is the president-elect and will become the 46th president of the United States. That's the announcement. Are we ready to do top five? I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready. Let's do it, babe. Let's do it, baby. The top five favorite sports movies since you were live-tweeting Rudy last night, so I said... Let's go down this category. Man, this is good. This is tough for me. This is really tough for me. Now, we're going to go in ascending order with you, right? Yeah. Five through one. We'll start with number five. So, number five for me, I'm going with The Wrestler. Uh, Brought Mickey Rourke back to respectability. The Wrestler? The Wrestler. You know, pro wrestling people hate The Wrestler, right? Do they? Oh, yeah. A lot of them do. Because there are – because, like – Inside wrestling people, I, I think Bruce Pritchard has, has made his opinion pretty clear of it. Jim Cornette's made his opinion pretty what, clear of it. What, they didn't like Ross. like being exposed, like it opened no, up no, like that? No, getting in. no, 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 no. They, their whole thing is, you know, there's been a lot of wrestlers who did well in wrestling and they didn't become, you know, they weren't destitute. Yeah. yeah there, there are some wrestlers who, yeah, like they – they really have struggled. That's why Cauliflower Alley is there for former professional wrestlers, and they do a lot of good with that program. But, like, there were a lot of wrestlers who, who took what they got in wrestling when they made a lot of money in that and were able to do other really extravagant things with their lives, and, and it took them and their families to different levels. And a lot of the inside wrestling people, the people who were in the business – uh, they just don't like the way like wrestling was portrayed because it was big in the 80s, and then you got Mickey Rourke, and he's down and out and living in a freaking van and doing blow and all this other stuff, working at a grocery store. Yeah, but again, you know, and again, it's yeah. all, it's more than it's deeper than that because again, yes, yes he, he is trying to reclaim you know his glory as an aging wrestler, but then he has a heart attack, and you know that throws his life into disrepair. So now he's forced to take stock and reconsider his life choices, and really, what it's about, it's a movie. Oh, yeah about the struggle to make things right before it's mm-hmm. too late. So, oh, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't disagree. I think it's a, I think it's captivating. I, obviously, it's entertaining. I think it's the story of one former professional wrestler. Because I mean, there, for other guys like there were, <sighs> guys like Ole Anderson who who built an empire out of wrestling, and then there's guys like 
Jake the Snake Roberts, who was down and out. We we all saw beyond the mat. We all know what that was. Yeah. So, I mean, there there is there is a story to tell there. Go yeah, right on I guess. Ahead. There's a lot of good performances. Mickey Rourke, Evan Rachel Wood plays his daughter. She's only in, like, three scenes, but obviously she yeah. plays a, a big role in the film, and Marissa Tomei is great as usual. And She's wonderful. And she's so good, and I always watch it, and I'm actually even – when I watch it, I'm actually really interested in her life and always wanting to see more about her and learn more mm-hmm. about her and her character, so – uh, she did a great job, and again, just as a wrestling fan, I you know I love the backstage conversations between all the guys, and you hear them talking about trying to lay out matches, and uh, you know you had a bunch of uh, wrestlers uh, that actually you know that everybody would notice if you're a wrestling fan that were in that movie. Uh, Our Truth, Cesaro, I believe, was in that movie. Austin Aries, uh, Jay Lethal. So uh, I love the wrestler. I'm putting that at number five. Number f- uh, four for me, I am going with uh, Bull Durham. Uh, again, great acting wow. performances all around. Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon, I think, gives the best performance out of all of them. She's amazing in that movie. Uh, just, you know, you have a great blend, comedy, romance, drama, uh, the dialogue is really sharp and funny, and there's just—I mean, there's just countless iconic scenes and lines. I mean, from you know Crash Davis's "I Believe" speech, uh, the Mound Conference with the candlesticks always make a nice gift, uh, Duke uh, beaming the the mascot, learning never to shake off his catcher, <laughs> you know the baseball as religion analogies, Walt Whitman, William Blake. He's got a million-dollar arm, but a five-cent head. I want you to breathe through your eyelids. There's just there's so many iconic scenes and lines. and it's, just, it's a fun, enjoyable movie. So uh, I have Bull Durham at number four. Number three, I'm going with Rocky. It just uh, It's the ultimate underdog picture. Stallone is great, very charming. He's extremely likable in the movie. You know, the everyman inside of all, all of us. Uh, Carl Weathers is tremendous, and you know he's supposed to be the villain, but he's also very appealing uh, in the movie. So I got Rocky there at number three. Number two, I didn't want to put this in here because when we did the top '80s movies, I had it in, and I always try like to switch it up and not have and use uh, the same one again. But mm-hmm. I can't help it because it's one of my favorite movies of all time, Raging Bull. Uh, I had to put it back in here, and again, it, it's just it's so much mm-hmm. more. It's so much more than a boxing movie. It's a great movie. It's just such a downer, man. I can't put it in my top five. I'm Dude, sorry. It's so good, I know. man. It's so good. It just, you know, it's a, it is, it is because it's about brutality and cruelty and agony. And again, it's really a character study about how one guy just self-destructs because of his anger, because of the jealousness, because of his insecurity. And he has all these built-up emotions, and there's only one way to let it out, and that's through violence. And uh, just, I mean, you, you can't say enough about the acting performances, great directing, the cinematography. You know, being shot black and white was a uh, great choice by it is a great Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, the opening sequence, again, I just I love the opening sequence, him jumping around in the ring all alone, the music. Uh, it just tells you what the movie is going to be about. It just—it's uh, amazing. It's like perfect. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, so that's number two. Number one, I'm going with the 1994 documentary Hoop Dreams. Have you ever seen Hoop Dreams? Yes. 
So again, for those that don't know, it's a documentary follows two Chicago area teams, uh, William Gates and Arthur Ag, for I believe five, five years from eighth grade through their high school as they pursue their dreams of playing in the NBA. And again, it, it's real life; like it's actual, re, it's actually reality TV away from the court. You know, they face a lot of things. Uh, parental drug addiction, poverty, inner city violence. And then, of course, there's the obstacles that they have to face on the court with on the court competition, including injuries. Uh, Williams, uh, William Gates suffers a knee injury and he's never the same after that. So, and again, it's real life, so it's really compelling. Uh, there's drama in the games. At one point, Gates misses a game winning shot in a state tournament. So, there's twists and turns. It's two hours and 50 minutes, so it's long. Uh, yeah. But without question, it is worth everybody's time. It is a great, great, great movie. Hoop Dreams is number one for me. A lot of people have Hoop Dreams as number one. If you look at a lot of rankings and things like that, I bet a lot of people have Hoop Dreams as number one. My number five, this was this was tough for me. My number one, my number five, I beg your pardon. I wanted to put Senna in there. I, I It's a great documentary. Uh, I'm still going to say Hoosiers. It's uh, you're going to roll your eyes at all this stuff. I'm sorry. I, I have no problem with Hoosiers. I like Hoosiers. I I think Dennis Hopper in it is great as shooter. And what what does my what does my drinking have to do with my knowledge of the game of basketball? Gene Hackman's fantastic in it. Uh, there's there's a lot of good stuff that's in that movie. Uh, Chelsea Ross, who's actually Chelsea Ross, is in three of the movies in my top five. By the way. <laughs> uh, number four, Slapshot, Paul Newman. Paul Newman is maybe my favorite actor of all time. Jack Nicholson is probably probably still number one. Paul Newman is a very close number two and maybe even 1A. Uh, he in this movie, I loved how he said he had to teach himself how to cuss more because he wasn't used to cussing like that the way they do uh, in Slapshot. They have that... Um, what, that auditorium in Utica? Well, that's where Pony's from. He can tell you about it, where they shot some of the scenes in there. Uh, it, it just it reminds you of a lot of places in the 1970s, the hills, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, southeastern Ohio, that type of thing. Uh, a lot of just towns reminds me of it, just the, the, the comedy of it, the whole thing, the music, Maxine Nightingale, the whole thing. I, I love Slapshot. I used to watch Slapshot to go to bed every night when I was on the road doing play-by-play. And people used to ask me when I and I used to say, "Well, it's either I watch Slapshot to go to bed or I order a hooker. Which one do you want?" <laughs> so I would go with Slapshot. <laughs> number three, number three is the movie I watched yesterday and I live tweeted. That's Rudy. Because I'm not, I used to be such an Ohio State fan. I've never hated Notre Dame, and it's usually not that way. Ohio State fans hate Notre Dame. A lot of them do. I'm not. I'm not a big Ohio State fan. I, I haven't been since high school. There's always something cool about Notre Dame. There's just always been something I kind of like, and when this is all over, there's when the pandemic hits, like there's a couple of things like, okay, I know I want to do this now, and I want to go there. Taking Axel, my oldest, to a game at Notre Dame Stadium has to happen at some point. On a sun-kissed afternoon, I think it would be one of the best. Uh, it, it's just such a great movie. I know it's embellished a little bit. Ned Beatty, I, bet, I, think, I think, is the best actor on the screen as the father. Uh, Sean Astin, his his introduction to all of us as an adult, uh, fantastic. It's just overwhelmingly a great movie. I choke up when he first takes the field 
Uh, I choke up towards the end a little bit. I think that those are some of the great, great parts of that movie. I, I love Rudy. We'll probably talk about it a little bit later on. His Rocky friend dies. Number... Well, yep. Yeah, I always fast forward to the time when Pete dies. Sad. Uh, Rocky, the first one. That's number two on this list. Almost said Rocky, and then I said at number two, which some people might think Rocky two. Rocky one is my first one. And let me give credit to Adam the Bull. Adam the Bull. When I first met Adam the Bull, he taught he taught me the truth about Rocky four. Rocky four used to be my favorite. He goes. He goes, Ken, I know you love America, and that's great. I know you're a real big, you know, big-time America guy, and I am. And he's like, just take your take your red, white, and blue glasses off for just one viewing and then watch the movie. <laughs> and he's right. He's right. It's a movie that's so bad it's good, if I can if I can really break that down. The soundtrack, is, the soundtrack the is great. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. When I'm on the elliptical, I listen to it all the time. I swear to God. Uh, but I, Rocky one that that is that is the best. Uh, number one, you're gonna call me a homer. It's Major League. It's Major League. When they when they get ready to play the Yankees in that playoff game, that one game playoff, and that camera angle and that music when they go over Municipal Stadium and Bob Euchre and you see the pe- I'm getting chills just describing it. The people going through the turnstiles and the people yelling for the program. You know, I would go there. There would be like 5,000 people there at Old Municipal Stadium when I was a kid for Indians games. You go there to Browns games, place was packed. Amazing. Amazing. And I like Charlie Sheen. We had Tom Berenger on one time. He told the worst story about Charlie Sheen ever. Like something about leaving his bag back. It was terrible. But I still love that movie. And Chelsea Ross is in that movie too. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll try to run down somebody about the NFL. I think it might be a very special somebody. Worker shoot coming up at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. And does this mean Tom Brady wins? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.